My name is Emma. I own the Daisy Chain and run music and movement programs for aged care and disability facilities. I'm going to share how to find fun, purpose and connection in that stage of life that others think is boring, dull and pointless. If you would like to know how we shine a light on the fun, vibrant, full lifestyles of the aged care residents and disability clients, stay with me as I share the stories of human connection. Thank you for joining us. This is Emma from the Daisy Chain podcast. I'm really, really excited today to have Carrie Dementia Darling join us. Carrie has a Master of Science in Human Development and Family Studies and has a wealth of experience and knowledge. And we met via Instagram of all places, um, started following each other. So Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk. And you're you're living in the past because it's only Tuesday where you are. <laughs> I know it's so weird. I'm yeah. You're, it's like what's the future like over there? Uh, it's pretty yes. good. <laughs> it's got to be better than what. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. So where, where are you? Where are I'm you? In what Las, time? Las Vegas, Nevada. It's cool. six p.m. in the yeah in p.m. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say in the evening. Um, so the sunset's going down right now. It's beautiful. Uh, what time is it? Where you are? It's midday in Sydney on Wednesday. So, yeah. So, so far, Wednesday's, Wednesday's okay. So, you'll okay, be Okay, good right. to know. Good to know. <laughs> I'm prepared now. <laughs> so, so, thank you again for your time. I know you're super busy, um, you know, doing a million different things. Um, we, as I said, we met on Insta and I was drawn to your, your posts um, and your just the basically the feel and the care that you give um, and we connected and had a chat. Um, So can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. So as you said, I'm Dementia Darling Online. Um, My name is Carrie Alberts and um, I have always just had such a passion for people um, that are older, just older adults in general. And then my grandmother um, went through her dementia journey and I watched my my father be her family caregiver and that main caregiver and watch how difficult that journey was for him. Um, Even as a lawyer himself, he had such a hard time navigating this um, this role as a caregiver, right? That you're just kind of thrown into a lot of the time. So watching him in that position, even at a young age, I was 13 when my grandma passed. I remember thinking like, there is not enough support here. And I remember kind of um, taking that in. And so when I got to college and there was a gerontology school, I was so excited to be able to, be able to really study um, seniors and specifically people living with dementia. And so um, I, I, went to school and got to go right into adult daycare work and environment. And I just felt completely in love. And so now go forward, I am an adult daycare director and I am uh, running an adult daycare right now. And it's uh, very rewarding, very tough, (laughs) tough, tough work and caregiving work. And I work closely with family caregivers every day. And um, I, you know, created Dementia Darling two years ago to just kind of have a place where caregivers could go and find community and support because that is a huge part of the caregiving journey is, is not being alone in it. And um, so we'll talk about that more. So yeah. in, in a little here, but yeah, so dementia darling is a place for community support and education for dementia caregivers. Beautiful. And, and yeah. as you said, it's definitely something that's, that's missing. Um, yeah. And there's a huge need for it. And, you know, huge. it can be very lonely 
caring for someone with dementia. So, um, and I love the fact that I think maybe this is why we connected is that it's kind of our grandmothers that inspired us and yes. um, have given us our purpose. So there's that, that similarity as well. Um, so today we're going to, um, the theme is five tips for dementia caregivers. Um, we're yes. going to go through the five tips in a little bit more detail, but basically it's community, respite, preparation, education, and self-care. Um, yes. So they're the five things we're going to talk about. Uh, is, there a, is there a specific reason for those, those topics? Those, so it's hard first off to narrow down tips, right? Um, yeah. My whole page is, is devoted to tips, so I could go on forever. But I try to think when I think about my five top dementia caregiving tips or just for caregivers in general, to be honest, I, these are the five things that come to mind because I think they are the five like pillars of what's going to hold you up in your caregiving journey. And then the other tips along the way, you know, specific to dementia caregiving are kind of, they fit inside those, if that makes sense. And, you know, above those columns. So there's just so much to unpack with dementia caregiving. We'll have to have another episode where we do (laughs) even more so specific dementia tips, but, um, in general, these are just not just they're five essentials for caregivers to survive and to be able to do this in a healthy way. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. So Perfect. that's where they come from. Those are the things that popped into my head first. Yeah. for Sure. Excellent. Well, we might just jump straight into number one. So number yeah. one is community. Community. It's what we're doing right now. Um, right. It's we're connecting. Uh, What I love about social media is that we can connect all over the world. Right. And so many people start following me, caregivers, and they say, oh, my gosh, my loved one passed. I wish I knew about you when I was caregiving or I wish this was around when I was caregiving in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, and so many people are just wanting that connection, that community, people that understand them, right? People that aren't caregiving won't get it. They just won't. (laughs) They will not be, I mean, they can be sympathetic to that, but they're not going to be empathetic. They do not understand, um, you know, and especially it's frustrating when your family members who, you know, don't want to help are giving you judgment. That's not community we're looking for. I'm saying we need to have a community around us that we can lean on that gets it that understand how hard it is. This job is the hardest job in the world. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And I, I will fight anyone who says that it's not because I have some backing up on that because this is hard. Um, And these family caregivers, they need to know they're not alone because it is insane how many people are out there all over the world doing this backbreaking, heart-wrenching work day in and day out. And they still think they're alone. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah. you need to, it's hard. And it's, I know I'm telling you another thing you have to do. I'm not, I know this is annoying. <laughs> Caregivers have enough to do. And now I'm like, now go find people. <laughs> no, I get it. That's hard. But take a second Go on Instagram, go on Facebook, um, Google support group in my area, what have you, and seek your people out. They're there and they want you around too. They need someone to, to talk to. And that's what has been so cool doing Dementia Darling is I'm mind blown by this community. The dementia caregiving community, the support that is out there, even though it's not a lot, there is support out there and it's amazing. And it's people like you and, and like me who, who are, have devoted our lives to this and just want to see people 
thriving in their caregiving situations and to to be supported as best they can. It's never going to be an easy journey, but let's make it a little bit more manageable. Let me carry some of the load for you. Let me, you know, whatever we can to vent to each other and find our people is huge. So find your community, whether that be on Dementia Darling and start messaging people you see in the comments, be like, let's be friends. Um, But you know, whatever you have to do to find your people, I promise they're there, whether it be in your town where you are or whether it be online, someone across the world like we are. Yeah. There's people. And that's what's kind of cool about the p- pandemic is Zoom. Came I was actually us, right? just about to say, so, yeah, there's massive need for connection and huge interaction. And, you know, we know the world's a smaller place than it used to be. And then it felt like that got taken away from us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have connected had it not been for the pandemic and seeing each other. And, um, it, yeah, it's definitely a, exactly. a so, huge I mean, bonus. Huge, huge. So utilize that, right? See what Zoom support groups are out there and get in them. Um, I know it's more things for you to do, but it will be worth it in the long run when you have people surrounding you. And even if they're not there with you physically, they can be there to support you mentally. Do you think there's a reason that people don't reach out earlier when, you know, is that like part of human nature? Is that we wait till we're we're like almost past past the point of no return before we ask for help? I think people wait till crisis point. And that's one of my biggest things is not waiting till till crisis. I work for a nonprofit where people call us for services when they're in crisis. And when I, you know, when people call and say, oh, I'm, I'm about to lose um, my, my place. Uh, I'm getting evicted, let's say. But I knew three months ago, why do you wait till the week you're getting evicted. You know, you call three months ahead, right? So same with this. We need to be prepared. We need to not wait until we're burnt out to look for community and look for people, right? When we get a diagnosis, right? When we think something might be going on, let's reach out to people who is experiencing this, who can, you know, um, relate with me. Cause there's a lot of people, once you start talking about stuff with people in your life, you realize how many people are really dealing with things that are similar to you. And so, yeah, I don't think it's, it's good to wait we do wait because we think we can handle it. We're told by society, suck it up. You can do it. Everyone's doing it. You know, all these other caregivers are fine. No, they're not. <laughs> We're all drowning. <laughs> We're all looking for help and support and love and connection. And uh, so that's, yeah, number one community. I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> cool. This, yeah, I'll, I'll cut myself off. <laughs> community, community and connection is, is huge. <laughs> Um, so that was tip one. Uh, okay. Number two is respite. So respite is huge. That is a time where the caregiver gets a break from caregiving duties, right? And that is very far and few between. Um, it doesn't happen much. So when we get respite, it's really important. I know caregivers who have been caregiving for 20 years and have never once had respite. That's insane. Yeah, is, no that by, should, is that by choice? I think it by n- not knowing they can. Yeah. I think people don't even know because respite is not a normal say, thing to say. You don't hear yeah. people talking about respite care. Um, so a break for caregivers is not a thing that's known yet, I feel. And um, at least in our country, I feel that elder care has been so pushed to the wayside. And finally, because these baby boomers are, are aging, finally we're waking up and, oh, well, maybe we should prepare now. <laughs> it's a little late. But um, 
you know, we need, we need to prepare and have these, um, these supports available for caregivers to have the rest that they need. But I just don't think caregivers are aware that it's a yeah. thing, honestly, yeah. which is sad. Um, so respite is huge. Getting that time away. There's, there's programs and nonprofits. It's sometimes you can qualify if you're lower income for um, up to, you know, six hours a week that are, that's free of someone coming in and sitting with your loved one. So you can go grocery shop, take a nap, go to a movie, go see a friend. Um, I know, you know, it's, respite isn't easy to get right now because COVID we can't really let yeah. people in our homes. Yeah. So that's another barrier on this. And it's not like you can leave your loved one on zoom with someone to watch them. You have to have someone in the home. Right. So the pandemic really made it difficult. Uh, people haven't been able to have respite in years now because of that. Yeah. So um, that's again, where another tip will come in is that preparation and getting yourself ready for, to have respite and have yeah. availability. But unfortunately that's just not available to everyone. Not everyone has friends and family to lean on and come hang out. So you have to get creative. Unfortunately, you probably have to spend money. Um, it's hard. It's another yeah. thing you have to get creative about and think long-term about, yeah. but um, respite care is essential to being able to care as long as you need to, because if you're not, um, if you're neglecting yourself and you're not, you know, your um, health is deteriorating, what's going to happen to you if you're not able to care yeah. what's going to happen to your loved one next. Yeah. So that respite care is really, um, really important. I know the same happened here. I have a class in a retirement village and one of the ladies' husbands had a stroke kind of in between our two lockdowns. Mm -hmm. um, so he was having someone come in and, and as you said, you know, do word games with him and, and just give her a bit of time away. Um, but in this most recent lockdown, all that stopped. And she was saying to me yesterday that he said he feels like people have given up on him. Um, and she's taken on, you know, doing the word games and doing the, the stuff that's kind of his rehab as well. Um, and she amazingly came to one of our classes yesterday and you know she was like in the hour it was just just her and she could just put herself first for an hour and she walked away you know feeling re-energized yeah. but yeah I mean the, the the whole situation with the pandemic is those things have been taken away and you know yeah. we're we're all feeling isolated but you know that's times by a million when you've got someone that has lost the power of communication he's his speech has been affected um, and people around the village that he lives uh don't know how to talk to him so they just don't talk to him um yep. and he yeah he feels like he's he's been kind of forgotten about which is heartbreaking <sighs> It's so heartbreaking. And it's, and you know, especially with the respite care and stuff and having people come in, it's already before the pandemic, this was already an issue. Yep. So now add on this huge barrier, let's make it even harder. So it's just like caregivers aren't getting a break. They're keep getting beaten down by this. And like you said, you know, that, that gentleman, he's feeling isolated too. So then on top of it, caregivers are feeling guilty because their loved ones are feeling isolated and they're yep. missing out on things. And it's just this like compacting all of these problems that are making life so much harder on already a difficult situation called yeah. caregiving. Yeah. So it's so hard. And I wish I had answers. I wish I had like the secret, <laughs> like here's how respite can happen. And it just shows up. Like I wish, but one day we will get yeah. there. That's, that's the goal. Like, Oh, we're, yeah. we're working and people think, like you and I, <laughs> I think people are, they don't know because they don't know. And it's yep. not an issue until it's an issue for you. Um, yep. But as you said, by the time it's an issue for you, you're already in the system and it's too late. Um, 
most most people that you know my friends and my circle have no idea um which is why we're here to educate right that's exactly that's and you don't what we're doing yep you don't know until you know and unfortunately like yeah the stigma is still so intense around dementia and yeah. caregiving and unfortunately too the numbers are growing so people are gonna find out yeah because uh, yeah. it's gonna touch everyone whether you like it or not at this rate yeah. um everyone's gonna be touched by dementia at some point Absolutely. unfortunately yeah so that leads us really nicely on to number three which yeah. is preparation yes <laughs> prepare it's oh i can't say this enough like we said earlier it's just you can't wait till crisis or you're not going to get the support. You're not going to make decisions correctly in burnout mode. You're not going to, you know, get the right things in place. It's just going to be a mess. So, um, you know, even if you feel, oh, well, I'm already close to burnout. What's the point in starting preparing? It's never too late to prepare. Just start where you are right now and prepare for as much as you can. And um, and we'll talk more about the education part that goes into preparing because you have to be educated to know what to prepare for, right? But utilizing uh, professionals, utilizing elder attorneys, utilizing people that are in this business um, that know how to, you know, get things in order and um, and make sure everything is as easy for you in the, in the long run, you know, and can really avoid headaches because uh, it gets really hard in dementia care when we prepare for things. If we wait too long, it can get hard because our loved one then can't um, you know, sign documents, yep. they can't, you know, they're not able to to make decisions anymore. And then that leads to way more headaches for you as the caregiver, right? Yep. So um, preparing for things is huge, right? When we know maybe something might be off, don't wait for a diagnosis necessarily, start getting things together. Um, and I'm also not saying I want to make sure it's, it's known, because I hate this about um, sometimes doctors, when you get a diagnosis, they say, get your affairs in order. It's over, you know, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not because life is not over after diagnosis of dementia whatsoever. Yeah. Right. It's if I lose a limb, my life's not over. I lost a limb. That sucks, but we're going to adapt and life will go on and life can still be beautiful. So that's how I feel about dementia. I'm not saying, you know, it's this sentence of you're done, get your affairs in order. No, but let's save future you a little bit and get stuff prepared so you can focus on their care more and being in the moment with them. If you have all that other stuff taken care of ahead of time. Yeah. So it's yeah. about being proactive rather than reactive. Exactly. You said it perfectly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you said exactly what I was trying to say in one little thing. <laughs> I told like that to my kids. That's right. <laughs> no, it's so smart. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, you know, you're able to manage your emotions a little bit better when you're proactive than reactive. Because oh, 100%. Then, then, you know, it's the, the emotions, are they're still there, but they're not they're not overwhelming and overtaking everything. So, well, and when you're frustrated and you're stressed, you think everyone's out to get you. You can't make, right. At least I do. I'm like, everything's terrible. So I can't make good decisions whatsoever when yeah. I'm in that mode. And, um, and so it's hard to make those decisions that are best for yourself and your loved one in that sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So education number four. Okay. So education of course is so important because knowing and being, as we say just now prepared as much as possible is going to ease this journey 
for you as much as they can if you're educated. I know I said that really weird, but what I'm meaning is to is don't overdo it either. Don't Google everything about the disease on night one or you're done. That's it's just not going to happen. That's going to be terrible and very depressing. Um, Don't do that. But taking things little by little as your loved one is progressing and seeing, you know, what might be common for the next thing that might happen, you know, because everyone's different with dementia, right? So it's hard to really prepare. But, you know, maybe we know when our loved one starts forgetting things and, you know, and they have a hard time driving. Okay, I need to get ready to maybe take away their driver's license and figure out how to do that safely and and, um, as respectfully as I can. Things like that to just prepare yourself. So educating yourself. That's why I like dementia, darling, and how I do it, because I want to make it really simple. I don't want to over power you and make you, Oh God, when you wake up in the morning and scroll through Instagram, I want it to be simple. You read it, you learn something once a day and you're good. Learn something once a day. And you know, you don't have to sit reading a whole textbook about dementia. That, that would be so stressful. So, um, taking it little by little will give you the confidence to care the best you can too, because we do better when we know better, like we said in the beginning. And, And also you can't beat yourself up for doing certain things if you just don't know. Right. So if if we know, like I said, you'll feel more confident and you'll be able to get better care. And um, and then you'll also know if you're educated more, you'll know what resources are out there. You'll know what um, what things you might come in contact with to ask an elder attorney when you go to do preparation. I mean, there's just so much that goes along with education. And since it is a progressive disease. It's always changing. So we're always going to be having to educate ourselves and and go with the journey. And it's hard. It's not fun, but um, it's very important to educate yourself along the entire journey um, as you go. But not all at once, please. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) It's too much. Yeah, we'll all be overwhelmed. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) To say the least. And I think I was just thinking about, you know, we live in a world where there's this massive focus on being positive. And I think sometimes it's a dangerous thing because it is. It, it, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to feel overwhelmed and feel stressed and feel like it's it's just sucks because it does some days. It um, sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's plain and simple. And you yeah. can say that. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong. I meet so many caregivers and I'm the first one to tell them they're allowed to be pissed off. Mm. Yeah. It's like, no, you're a human. If you're not, I'm worried. Um, Like, seriously, you're allowed to be upset and you're allowed to feel all these emotions. And I hate that positive vibes, um, you know. Just look on the bright side. Yeah, good vibes only. Like, stop, shut up. Like, I I can't (laughs) with that stuff. It's not realistic. It makes us feel badly. Yeah. Because it's like, why aren't I always positive vibes? Because it's impossible. Um, We have to get it out. We have to cry. I cry all the time, probably too much. (laughs) No, but it's good, right? You have to get it out. I always feel better after I cry, but it's good to let yourself feel it. Be be pissed off. I I know a lot of you are mad for your loved one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really annoying and it's really frustrating because you can't do anything but love them through it. So give yourself the chance and the opportunity to be human. And make mistakes or you're not caregiving correctly, I think, if you're not making mistakes and trying and doing what you need yeah. to just do to to go with it. Make mistakes. You got to do what you got to do. And, um, yeah, be human. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And, and what works for one person may not work for you. And, that's no. and don't get upset about fine. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Number five. I like this one. <laughs> I oh, like yeah. them all, but number five, self-care. Self-care. Why, why, how, what, when? That's hard. Because again, it's another thing that caregivers like roll their eyes at me at. And I get it. I know it's super annoying to say, take care of yourself. But as it, as annoying as it sounds for me to say, you literally, if you don't take care of yourself, your loved one will have no one. So like, I don't, what do you expect? You know, you have to take care of yourself, plain and simple. Um, none of us can live a even I'm not, not necessarily even a healthy life or just a life with any quality if we're not caring for ourselves. And I'm not telling you, you have to be a triathlete and you have to do juice cleanses and like, no, just like give yourself. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Give yourself the opportunity to give back to yourself. If that makes sense, you are worthy of it and you actually like need it to survive. So we have to make ourselves a priority. I know that so, seems so impossible. You're like, girl, I have no time to even sleep. Sleep is self-care. Yeah. You know, that's a huge one. We see now that if you're lacking sleep, that can lead to a lot of issues later on. Mm. Dementia is one Including of them. Dementia, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to make sure we have our sleep down, which yeah. is, I know, another thing to put, like, make sure you get your sleep or you're going to need to carry over yourself. It's just like, I hate saying those things, but it's unfortunately true. And um, I don't like throwing out this number because I see it places, but I'm never able to find the exact resource. But they, but I've seen it where it, I know this one's for sure. 17% of this is in America, though. 17% of dementia caregivers that are spouses will die before their loved one. Wow. And then we see, I've heard this and I've seen it and I saw it again recently, but I can't find it online. It said 40% of all dementia caregivers, not just spouses, will die before their loved one. That's 40%. That makes, yeah, that is insane. That's confronting. If that's true. Like that is almost half of caregivers will die before their loved one because they're not prioritizing themselves. And and I understand why they don't have the time. They don't have the support, especially with the pandemic. So unfortunately, we have to take the initiative to say, I am important and I am part of this relationship as a caregiver and care receiver. And I have to take care of myself or what's going to happen to my loved one. So we unfortunately have to make that choice and really, really dedicate ourselves to it. And some weeks you won't, you won't be tip top on it. You won't always have the time, but when you do, even if it's 15 minutes, take it for yourself. If that means the dishes don't get done, who cares? Sit down and do something for yourself. Yeah. You need to, you need to be able to fill your soul up with things that make you happy. I don't care if that's eating chocolate, watching TV, gardening for a minute, talking to your friend for a minute, whatever it is that works for you. Sometimes for me, that's sitting in silence and not letting anyone talk to me. Yeah. I'm like, don't talk to me for five minutes. It's my time. I've been known to put myself in timeout. Yes. Time out. Oh my gosh. As an adult, you realize what you don't want as kids, right? I love timeout. I love nap time. Um, all the things we hated as kids, right? So it's so true. And so yeah. unfortunately you have to like almost kick yourself in the butt and say, no, I need to put myself first and you have to make it a priority or you will be a casualty. You yeah. will be someone who needs a caregiver and you and- can't afford to get a caregiver no. yourself, 
And I know it's a bit of a, a bit of a kind of, uh, what's the word? A bit of a cheesy analogy, but it's the, it's the oxygen mask on the plane thing, right? You put your own on before you put other people's on. And, and like you said, it's easier said than done. Um, but it, yeah, it's whatever works for you. It doesn't have to be a, you know, it's three hour hike. It can be running a bath and lighting a candle. That's, you know, whatever works. Well, exactly. And like, it just breaks my heart because we do so much to make sure our experience is amazing for our loved one, right? They get this amazing bedtime routine every night. They get this incredible breakfast and we get a granola bar maybe. And we pass out in bed with our shoes on, you know? Like, yeah. So we need to stop and give some of that back to ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Your loved one doesn't need their full, you know, big show every night, <laughs> cut it back 10 minutes and give it back to yourself yeah. or, you know, do something, um, that is realistic for you. Like you said, but again, even if you're just, even if right now, when you're listening to this, you're like, girl, that's impossible. You're annoying. Just put it at least in your brain to think about it in the next coming weeks. Okay. Things are slowing down. Maybe I'm going to take 10 minutes, like Carrie said that one time, or with the holidays coming up, I, I know that's another whole deal. Let's put another full yes. stressor on you, right? <laughs> Please try to enjoy your holiday. If you're in charge of making the turkey and stuff and you just can't handle it, go buy a turkey, have someone else make it, you know, to eat, get it from a restaurant, you know, make things a little easier on yourself, especially this holiday season. So you can enjoy yourself a little bit because I hear so many caregivers after the holiday season ends and they're like, oh, I didn't enjoy any of that. That's no way to live. And and I know when you're caregiving, sometimes you feel like my life's on hold. It's all about them. But we got to We got to let ourselves have some some fun, some quality of life in there. Even if it feels counterproductive, we deserve it and we need it. We need it to keep going. Like you said, another cheesy one. We can't pour from an empty <laughs> cup. That's so annoying, but it's true. It's That's true. Why we all say annoying. It. It's so true. And I hate when people even say it to me. I'm like, shut up. But um, it's true. And self-care is just so important. And I love that the, the younger generations are starting to make yeah. it a big deal yeah. because I'm like, oh, finally. <laughs> um, and I'm going to milk it for all I can because <laughs> it's, it's so important yeah. and life is too short and hard. We're all just humans trying to get through. Treat yourself. <laughs> you deserve Amazing. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think this is going to sound a bit woo woo. Um, the universe will make us rest anyway. So if we don't rest and take time for ourselves yep. on our terms, then it's going to happen in a way that we don't want. So it'll be yeah, like a sitting in a hospital leg. bed. Yeah. yeah. Or sitting mm-hmm. in a hospital bed or, you know, we're in a rush. So we, we trip walking down the steps yep. to the car Break an ankle. Yep. and we're going to have to rest. And then it's not on our terms. So this is something I've learned the hard way and not caring for someone with dementia is that, like I said, if I don't do it on my terms, it's going to happen anyway. And I'd rather That's decide so how it happens. Um, I love that. Can I steal that? Sure. <laughs> I just love that. I want to tell that to everyone because yeah. you're right. You're yeah. so right. I mean, it, it, yeah, the universe will choose for you and it will not be fun. And no. it's going to be way harder to caregive when you have that broken leg. <laughs> it is. And, and like you said, that statistic before of no. caregivers passing away before, that's, you know, take, take the time before it's decided for you. 
it's mind boggling. Yeah. And I just always think, yeah, what? And that's why, again, another thing with preparation, you have to have someone as backup if someone, if something does happen mm. to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's another thing on your list, guys. I'm sorry. I'll stop talking. <laughs> it's another thing for you to do. <laughs> There's so much with the caregiving and that's why it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah. And you guys, you, you guys should all be paid a football player salary. It's a joke to me <laughs> that you're not all paid. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's our five tips. So community yes. respite, preparation, education, and self-care. Yes, ma'am. Amazing. Yes. Beautiful. Um, one very, I was going to say very quick question, but it won't be a quick question. No. Nope. Um, Common misconceptions that we come up against around people becoming caregivers, not becoming caregivers, deciding whether to, whether not to, um, what's, what's something that you come up against? Well, I, I'm, I'm gonna, um, I'm not gonna lie. You definitely helped me with this before we started. So thank you for bringing this up in my head. And so, um, you inspired this answer, but I, it, it can go both ways. How I'm going to say this is caregiving when it, Caregiving pops up, right? When we least expect it, we don't plan for it. Usually we don't say, I think my loved one's going to get dementia and I'm going to be there. No, it just happens. Right. Um, so it happens whether we like it or not. And sometimes we think we have to, that it's all on us and that we have to care give. And that's that. And that's not necessarily true. Unfortunately, you know, there are other options maybe for, for, you know, a professional caregiver or something, but a lot of people, maybe like spouses, they say, well, I married this person. So that's that. And I'm going to, this is my sentence. And, you know, and you don't have to do anything. I, I don't know how this is coming up. You don't have to do it. But a lot of people want to do the care, right? Yeah. But I think the misconception is it's on you and that's that. Good luck. And no, there, are, there is support and there are other people. And then on the other hand, people, I think other people assume that you don't have to take it on at all and that it can be and that it's not your responsibility, right? So I think it can go both ways and, and there's misconceptions in that you have to take it on or it's not your responsibility. So what is it? So I think those are two misconceptions. And um, and I think there I could go on forever about the misconceptions that go along with dementia care in the sense that it's just people aren't educated yet. If there's such a stigma around dementia care, people assume so many things about people with dementia. We're still coming out of that stigma that it's just older people and it's just how it happens. And that's insane. That's not true. That's a huge misconception. So, um, but there's a lot of misconceptions. Yes, definitely about caregiving that it's solely your job that no one else can do it. Or yes, on the other hand, that um, it's not your responsibility. So, uh, but I think we could go on forever about misconceptions, but uh, yeah, that, that would be, I would think the most common for caregiving. Maybe, maybe we need to do a Mythbusters Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so down. So down. Is Caregiving any- edition. <laughs> sorry. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to make sure we do, or have we, we touched on talk, those things? I could talk forever. Yeah, no, I could talk forever. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I just want. I, I like to end everything with just you're not alone. I know I've said that. Yeah. And but I'm gonna say it till I'm blue in the face forever. Um, you're not alone. 
and you're just not caregivers is so easy to feel alone when you're at home at night and your loved ones asleep and you're exhausted and you're sitting on the couch and you're thinking, I have to do it all over again tomorrow. No one understands. And then your loved ones wandering and trying to get out the front door and oh, you can't go to bed. And, uh, you know, you're not alone in that moment. Just know you're not alone and that there are other people in their homes doing the same thing going, Oh, this is rough. This is rough, but you will get through it and you are amazing. And thank you for showing up, just showing up. Thank you. Thank you for being there for your loved one, whether that be them living with you and you caring for them 24 seven or you helping them get into a memory care facility that's safe and you calling them once a month, whatever it is for you. Thank you for showing up. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us for the Daisy Thank Chain you. podcast. Um, it's been amazing and we could talk for hours and I'm sure yes, we, we will. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got all these ideas running through my head. I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so thank you so much. Of course. My name's Emma. I'm from the Daisy Chain. And thank you so much for listening to the Daisy Chain podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, www.thedaisychain.com. You can also visit our Facebook or Instagram page.